This is Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. Appalachian Vibes is a show dedicated to challenging the expectations and celebrating the diversity of music, art, and literature created in and around the Appalachian region. Every week, I interview artists, musicians, and writers from around Appalachia. I usually don't have enough space in one episode for their entire interview. So today, I'm sharing a collection of unaired recent guest interviews. Shadowgrass is a bluegrass band with members from Southwest Virginia. Today, they discuss what inspired Brushy Mountain Pen. Dave Hedeman and the Gone Ghosts discusses the depth of his material. And the Blush and Roulettes share the legend of a horse named Easter Lightning. That's the next hour on Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. My guest is Shadowgrass the five-piece bluegrass band from Southwest Virginia that got their start in 2014 when they were just kids, ages 9 to 14. Today, I'm talking to Luke and Madison Morris about marriage, music, and the tale of Brushy Mountain Penitentiary. We're, we're in a band, Shadowgrass. Um, my name is Luke Morris. I play a mandolin and uh, sing. Yeah, and I'm Madison Morris. Um, I play fiddle and sing in Shadowgrass. There's this like 125 mile race that they do in a frozen head state park. And um, it's around this prison called like the Brushy Mountain Penitentiary. And um, it's just it's just this awful race. that's like has this crazy elevation change through all these mountains. And uh, the prison just kind of has this, I guess, uh, reputation of being like so deep, like in the mountains that you just like can't ever get out. And it's just that was kind of it's not no longer operational, but. That was kind of the the thought that led to this song. I was just thinking about that. I'd watched a documentary on this race, and I was like, man, that, that'd be a cool song to write about, like being stuck there in prison. So it's a prison song. I've never been to prison, but uh, I just I thought about, like, man, what would it be like to be there? So, <laughs> Well, that's, that's probably better than actually going, would be my guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagination is powerful. <laughs> When did it stop being operational? That's a great question. Um, I'm thinking probably like the uh, late 80s, but I could be way off there. And it's still this this race still happens around a giant prison. Yeah, it does. It's called uh, the the Barkley Marathons. You can you can look that up. It's a it's a wacky, wacky thing um, uh, in ultra marathoning, but uh, it's 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 pretty crazy. <laughs>
Cause I killed in some tall tale In a holler so deep The sun never shines The shadow of a mountain Puts a blanket or a sky And every night it seems I dream of that girl I left behind The brushy mountain pen And stole my life A lot of our songs now, we've kind of built in these sections where we may maybe have like a rough framework of like the chord structure or the groove. And then from there, it's just, you know, kind of a whoever wants to take a solo can take a solo and however long mm-hmm. they want to take a solo and whatever they want to do. And somebody wants to start yeah. trading some solos we just kind of see where it goes and, and sometimes someone might start playing an intro from another song and luke will look at me and it's like can you sing this song real quick and yeah. we'll just go into it so yeah. um you never know what's coming which i don't know i love it <laughs> your guitar player is sick that how old is your guitar Definitely. player he's got to be like 18 or something 17 he's 17, yeah. he's 17. <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> You guys, this is the—he's like the best guitar player I think I've seen live, and and a lot. Like, man, he was so good, so fast. I had to shake his hand. <laughs> really impressed. Yeah, and I like—I don't say this just because he's in our band, but like Kaiser is the best bluegrass, best guitar player I've ever heard. Honestly, like, I've, I've yet to like hear anybody who can play the stuff that he plays. It's pretty yeah. crazy. He actually started as the bass player for Shadowgrass. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of started playing guitar in Shadowgrass a few years ago. So yeah, when we first started, he, he was the bass player. And like, like I said, 2014. So he was like nine years old uh, when we started the band. And he, <laughs> and he was just like literally walking around. It's this kind of a funny story. Like he was walking around that Fiddlers convention, the Elk Creek Fiddlers convention, looking for a band to play with that day for the competition. And we were like, oh, look, there's a bass player. Like, let's let's get a bass player. <laughs> like, we really didn't even know him at that point. And uh, we ended up being good friends. And then through the years after our guitar player left, uh, he ended up being our new guitar player. And and he can play any of our yeah, instruments. It doesn't matter what instrument it us. is. They're all like <laughs> equally good. <laughs> you have had him. How old are you guys? Because he was nine. Let's see. I would have been, I think I would have been like 14 at the time. 
Which and, made Clay, yeah. Clay would have been 13. 13. Yeah. And then we had, we had another two members, Kitty and Presley, who are, they, they, they both left the band at separate times, but, uh, uh, they were, they would have been, I guess, 12, 12 and, and nine. We, we really took a break during like, uh, 2020. And during that time, I'm, um, like, it, I guess that was right after, let's, let me back up first. So our, our fiddle player left the band in probably 2016 or 17. 16. And, um, after that we started playing with a few fill in fiddle players, just kind of here and there, um, and then, but really we were just kind of a four piece band at that point. And we just played a lot of shows without a fiddle. Um, but then after our guitar player left, which I believe was like 2019 probably or early 2020. Something like that. Yeah. We ended up really just kind of taking a break for a while because we really just, obviously the world was starting to shut down at that time and we didn't have any gigs lined up and nobody really knew what we wanted to do going forward. And then, as the, we started to have some gigs roll in, we kind of had a conversation like, if we're going to keep doing this, you know, we probably want to figure out what we're doing. And, and um, we had a few gigs throughout the kind of 2020, 2020, I guess early 2021, where David, uh, my Kaiser's dad, had actually filled in on bass for us. And Kaiser had moved over to guitar. And we're like, well, let's just make David a member of the band. And then literally... Well, this is this is a really weird story. So yeah. <laughs> um, I played one i think one gig with yeah. you all before um i was part of the band but it wasn't really like i was supposed to play that gig i just had my fiddle with me so they were just like oh yeah play with us and they were having like a band practice and one of them was like you know bring your fiddle and i was like okay like you know we'll just kind of jam for a little bit and um i was just playing and then i don't remember which one it was but I think like it was kaiser. yeah kaiser was like so are we gonna let madison be part of the band and i was like <laughs> I'm so confused right <laughs> now. But yeah, the rest is history, but it was very yeah. like out of the blue. Um, Cause I was just there to have a good time, you know, <laughs> but. Um. No girl, you better work. <laughs> yeah. So it was, and I think it was the same practice. We asked David, we were, yeah. um, we were like, well, do you guys both just want to be a part of the band? And we we're just like, all right. And that was it. And, yeah. and that was, and right after that is when we decided to record the album and uh, really start putting some more, uh, effort into booking shows and really filling out our schedule and kind of getting the ball rolling after a couple years there where nothing seemed to really happen during COVID and everything. Well, I married me why She gave me trouble all my life She left me out in that cold rain and snow and snow She left me out in that cold rain and snow
Favorite or worst tour story? Hmm. <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll do my favorite because that's. I feel like that's a little easier than than worst. We we've uh, we definitely have some worst, but <laughs> but I, I think my favorite was probably um, it was it was quite a while ago. It wasn't with this this, this current lineup necessarily, but it was when we were. Uh, we had a fill and fiddle player, uh, Daniel Greason, playing with us, and we we got to play the uh, Montana Folk Festival, um, and that's probably my one of my favorite memories with the band because we we somehow made it out to Montana. I, it was just craziest gig we've ever played. We got to play on the main stage in front of like probably five thousand people, and that was my first time like really going, I guess, west of. Uh, probably west of Nashville. Like I'd probably, I'd never been out there before. So we got to take some time and like visit some national parks and just like uh, explore the town of Butte, Montana, which is where the festival was. And yeah, that was like a trip that we just, we all really look back on very fondly. So that's probably my best memory at least. Do you have anything? I've not been going with them for a long time, (laughs) so I don't have a lot. (laughs) I'll tell you, it's so much has like changed in the last year. Like when we, when we did get married, like we, we were in a place where we, we really weren't thinking about, I mean, we, we obviously wanted to make music our career and that's like been our, our goal, you know, our, pretty much our entire life. But we were in a place where that seemed like a really like distant, like, you know, 10 year plan where now we're in a place where it's like, we're basically there and it's like, crazy that just this past year and like I guess partly just because you know things have opened up after COVID and we've had time to do this thing with Shattergrass now and our duo thing that it's like I don't know it's it's looking like it's more possible than ever so yeah if you'd have told me when we got married that we would have a whole summer of shows and like one weekend off I would have thought you were crazy (laughs) so we have a lot of fun we wouldn't we wouldn't rather be doing anything else so that's awesome well, guys, where can people find your music? Yeah, so um, um, you can just look up our, our albums called Shattergrass. It's self-titled. It's our first one, and it's out literally everywhere. You can find music online. So if you're on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, anything like that, you can find it. Title, Deezer, uh, YouTube yeah. Music. Yeah. But uh, you can also check out our Facebook, Instagram. We have a TikTok. TikTok website. Those are places where you can kind of keep up with what we're doing. Uh, you can see where we're going to be playing on our website and our Facebook too. We've got some events on there. So see where our next yeah. shows are. But And we all have our personal music pages and you can probably yeah. <laughs> find those somewhere in the yeah. midst of finding Shattergrass. So. Yeah, just, just um, go on Google, type in Shattergrass. You'll find us a few places, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Now you're saying goodbye 
That was Shadowgrass on Appalachian Vibes. Thank you to the Rex Theater in Galax, Virginia for permission to use Rain and Snow from Shadowgrass's live performance at the Rex Theater. You can learn more about the Rex Theater at galax.com. Stay tuned for the Carborough, North Carolina alt-country outfit, Dave Hedeman and the Gone Ghosts. Appalachian Vibes is on listener-supported public radio, WNCW. This is Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. I'm Amanda Baki. My next guests are the alt-country band from Carborough, North Carolina, Dave Hedeman and the Gone Ghosts. We jump back into our conversation continued from Season 3, Episode 8. I'm speaking with songwriter Dave Hedeman and lead guitarist and backup vocalist Justin Bolin. It's funny because my daughter, I've, I've been trying to instill these, you know, this desire to pursue art and creativity because I see that talent in her. Um, she blows my mind with her talent, but she doesn't want to. She loves to play music and um, she plays piano and guitar. And I, I would say she's more talented than me, <laughs> you know, at the, uh, at, especially at her age. But she um, she has no interest at this point in going into any of that professionally. She wants to be an archaeologist. Um, so <laughs> that's her thing right now, which I, I have no idea how that happens. Like, I don't know how you become an archaeologist, so I can't really help her with that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, a shovel? Uh, what's that? A shovel, maybe? Yeah. Stand her. <laughs> I'll, I'll let her practice out in the yard. But, um, she, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I relate to a lot of the songs that Dave writes, even though we haven't had the same life experience. And I think that goes back to um, the point you made earlier, Amanda, about how you don't like when artists uh, and bands try to pander too much by kind of blanketing uh, or, or trying to, I don't know, not just be real and tell their story. Um, because what's it, I feel like that's dehumanizing uh, to other people when you try to, pretend like you know what they're going to relate to and try to fabricate that. What I love about um, Dave's music is that uh, the songs that he writes, even though they're his stories, we can still relate to it because we're all people. We've all dealt with similar things. Um, so yeah, I, I love that song. I don't want to die here. And I'm like you, Dave, I don't know what it's actually called anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't run. What? Tell me. Right. About- 
Yeah. So that song, you know, I, I left home when I was 18 and I never went back. I think I just kept, even in the summers, like I would live at the beach. Like I, I think it was so traumatic, the whole experience, like with, with my father and, you know, um, old love interests, you know, like, it's just like, there was nothing, there was nothing there except for just like, um, just reminders of like the, a really difficult time. So I, I, have spent my life i feel like in a lot of ways like running away from that situation but you as you get older and you start to realize you know how important family and and that 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 is you sort of kind of long to like stop running i guess is kind of what that's about you know and and in some ways you know i love where i live and i love where i am you know um uh in the world but i still am far away from you know my family and stuff like that and i have a, a, a if, if I have one regret in life, it would be not being so close to like my sister and brother and nieces and, and them. So I, I don't see them as often as I would like to, but I, I appreciate the time we get to spend together. And, and so it's, it's sort of like a, just a song about that, like sort of slowing down and like coming, like you could stop running now and kind of, you know, um, re-engage, I guess, with, with, uh, um, the, the things that are important. Do you feel like you have you ran from your family so that you could uh, because of those difficult things and like to separate yourself so you couldn't be hurt the way? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I I did. I think I, you know, I just needed to get out. It's a tough thing to sort of go through that kind of, you know, intimate sort of setting. I, I mean, I also had a, my grandmother live with us, too. So it was like people were just dying in that house. It was it was crazy. And so, like, I just needed to be away from it, you know, and I think my brother and sister were lucky because they were in college at that point. But like I was just in the thick of it. And uh, so I think for me, yeah, that that was a, a, a big thing. It just been a voice in my head, like, just make sure you go follow your dream. Like, even if they don't pan out, like, at least go for it. Um you know, and, and, and so, yeah, I, I feel like I've, I'm, I sort of look at myself like I'm the one that got out of where we grew up. And I don't say that in a, in a bad way, but I just wanted to see more. Like I wanted my world to be expanded. I wanted to meet different kinds of people. I wanted to have different kinds of experiences. Um, and like, maybe I didn't reach my musical goals that I was after, but like, I feel like I've just had so many cool experiences since then that just kind of revealed themselves in like non um non-direct ways you know and so i'm just super grateful for the choices i've made and the opportunities i've been able to take advantage of and just um you know it's all worked out just so my measure of success is completely different than what it was maybe when i was 18 years old and and it's probably way more fulfilling in a lot of a lot of ways
what's your what's your measure of success now? I think it's just being happy. You know, like I can I'd be like I can honestly say I've just been really really fortunate, you know, and I think that's part of the, you know, growing up in that environment, you're just kind of waiting for the anvil to drop on your head. So like, I just go through life, like very grateful, almost in like a daily mantra, just like, thanks for not letting the anvil drop today, you know, like, um, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, I'm sure it adds to some level of psychosis that I, I go through on a daily basis, but no, I'm just, I'm just grateful. You know, like I, I, I just want to do things that make me happy and, you know, I'm fortunate that like things have just, you know, worked out. And, but I also now like in my, I, now I want to like nurture, um, you know, young artists and things like that. And like use that to kind of inspire them or bring them along or like, you know, um, I'm like super interested in like just trying to help local artists in any way I can. So like I've started like playlists, you know, to drive local artists to, or I try to just bring people to play with us that I just enjoy and give them an, an opportunity to, you know, get in front of different people. And I, I want to connect people as much as I can, but, you know, coming from you, the 47 year old guy probably shouldn't be driving the musical conversation in the community, but I'm just trying to do what I can. I think music is just one of those mediums where like, you know, it doesn't really matter who or what you, you are because the end product is, is sound, you know? And so it's a, it's a non-visual you know, sort of medium. And it, and I think everyone connects with it. And I, you know, the more voices and the more diversity, the better, you know, and I think I, I learned that too, as a musician early on, you know, there's, I think fans are very territorial, like they're, you're, they're like, you know, it's, it's a part of their identity, you know, so they, they hold their heroes up as being like the end all be all. But like when you, from the musician's standpoint, like, I listen to everything. I grew up listening to show tunes, to John Denver, to classical music. My parents took me to my first concert was Beastie Boys and Public Enemy. You know, like we listen to everything. And I think um, I think that is that's that's where my point of view comes from. Like, I, that's why it's hard to say a genre, because I probably this is 30, you know, 47 years of of musical influence seeping in from all different ways. And I think you ask any musician, they're into everything. And I think that diversity just helps um, in the long run. And so if, if there's any way you can help, you know, people um, who might not have opportunities to be heard, be heard, then like, you know, all be, you know, whatever we can do to kind of help that in, in any um, way. So we seek out, you know, a lot of times when, when we're looking to put bills together, we'll seek out, um, you know, artists that, that aren't, you know, white dudes necessarily. So like we just did a show with Rebecca Todd and the, the Odyssey, you know, and, and, um, I, I really, I, I don't think I've played with a whole lot of, um, women musicians before. And I just was, you know, very aware of her sort of rising, you know, rising star in the, in the region. And I was like, Oh, I would love to play with her. I think it'd be a fun Bill and we brought another another artist this this uh, this person Erlene to open up with us open up for us so like I just want to I'd like to play and have us you know be a be a stop or a place for for you know diverse artists to play even if the genres don't even match necessarily who cares because we all listen to music playlist style anyway where you're like one second you're listening to one thing and the next second you're listening to hip hop and next so I, I think people are okay if it's not an all country 
or rock show.
That was Dave Hedeman and the Gone Ghosts on Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. You can check out their latest album called No Voice to the Wicked on Spotify. Up next, it's the Blush and Roulettes with the Legend of Easter Lightning. My last guests were featured on Season 3, Episode 9, The Blush and Roulettes, the Swing Americana five-piece from Asheville, North Carolina. I pick up with Cass and Angie from our conversation about the ghostly things that transpired on the farm where the Blush and Roulettes got their start. So we're the Blush and Roulettes, and we play our, our new little four-word description is sultry, smoky, swing, and twang. <laughs> we met, um, we lived in Mendocino, California. That's sort of where this band originated. I lived with friends who were actually in a circus, and Cass ran his family's farm called Old Mill Farm out there. You know, this is a really small town out there, and um, so everybody sort of met in the, you know, the ways that country folk meet and we, there was a 4th of July parade and we put on a float that involved pigs and wigs. And (laughs) that was how we met. We had some, some really interesting experiences at, at my family's farm in, in Northern Cal in Mendocino um, that went on for quite a while. My mom's first husband, uh, Chuck Hinch, who had remained on that farm after they divorced until he, passed away in a tractor accident on the farm in 2000, which is back to what Angie was sort of alluding to earlier. That's how I ended up on the farm and, and working there, managing it. There were a lot of very uh, strange incidents during my time there that, um, you know, many of us felt like, like Chuck was still floating around and, and kind of being mischievous in different ways. Over the years, I had a lot of my dear friends live and work on the farm. And Chuck was this eccentric person. He had this great library of literature in his home and the the main farmhouse, which was this old house. And by the way, this land had been settled in the late 1800s by two Finnish immigrants and and their families. You know, I don't know how many dozen kids they had out there, but uh, super remote even by today's standards. And Chuck had this beautiful farmhouse that he built over the years and great library. And at one point, my friend, Charlie Dalton, who was living at the farm at the time he was living in the farmhouse and he was up at night uh, reading in bed and a book just fell off of the bookshelf and opened up um, to a page where there was like a handwritten note in it. Um, that Chuck had written and I can't remember right now what the note was, but it was something about relationships. And, um, that was, you know, pretty unusual. It wasn't an earthquake or anything that caused a book to fall off of the shelf. So stuff like that, you know. And you also used to say when we would come home after being away for a weekend, you would say like, it smells like Chuck when we got back to the house after not having mm-hmm. been there for a while. Does your family still own that farm? They do. Yeah. That we'll be staying there when we head to California next week. Yeah. There's so much interesting history at, at old mill farm. That just kind of reminds me of a song that Angie and I wrote together called the legend of Easter lightning. And oh, yeah. about the time that I was born, um, Chuck had uh, Belgian draft horses. He, he used to horse farm. And he had a 
two sisters named Rosie and Tilly. And one of them had a cult. It was bred and had a cult that grew up on the farm. And, and it was, he was born um, on Easter. Uh, and he had the Belgians are these, these beautiful sort of honey colored, big horses with, um, you know, white, white hair around their feet and big white manes. And Easter had this white lightning stripe down his nose. So they named him Easter lightning. And uh, while he was still a young horse, one night he was kind of, he was kind of a free roamer. Um, and he discovered by, by falling into an old well, an old hand dug well that had been abandoned and covered up with boards and then grass and everything had grown up over it and had been there for a long time and nobody knew about it. And he fell into it and um, it became this huge ordeal to get him out. And they ended up bringing the tow truck out from town and a couple of and guys. They, they didn't have a phone. There and was it's no just phones, like 20 no minutes on a dirt road from town. So like someone had to drive to town to call someone to, to bring, bring help. help. Ended up lowering somebody down into the well and getting a rope around his neck and then pulling him out with the tow truck. He was like unscathed, basically. And he went on to live until the ripe old age of 34. And when I came to the farm, he was there roaming literally free ranging around the farm like not in a in an enclosure in a pen in a field or anything and you know i got to take care of him and sort of be his steward for the last years of his life and it was really rewarding i would hitch him up occasionally and just walk him up and down you know the road because he likes to be he really liked it was a working animal and that they had they do enjoy that you know we we had to put easter down at the end of his life 34 years old and he was buried at the farm and so angie and i wrote this song called the legend of easter lightning basically tells that story in song form this is blush and roulette's latest single nine to five 9 a.m in my 10 cent shoes on 11th Just a cog in the wheel of the working world I was a single girl Working double speed With mother outline For so little pay But man, I hit the jackpot when we locked eyes I'm living the high life now That you're my nine to five
That was the Blush and Roulettes. Learn more at blushandroulettes.com. Appalachian Vibes is listener nominated. You can nominate an artist at appalachianvibes.net. You can also catch up on past episodes there. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. Wake up next week at 6 a.m. Saturday morning with Appalachian Vibes from WNCW.